0: Hey, this is Jason from Slapdash, and this episode is sponsored by 606 Iron, located in the Big M Plaza in Whitley City, Kentucky. 606 Iron has cardio equipment, free weights, numerous weight training machines, weekly kettleball classes, and tanning beds. Stop by 606 Iron for membership information or call 606-310-4918. History of science. Slap down a new topic and dash off to next. It's a great big world with so much to know. Like cryptids, time travel, and the history of Poe. If you want to be a smarty, better learn something fast. With Shannon and Jason on Slapdash Podcast. On today's episode, we are going to discuss the Indiana Jones franchise and specifically the historical artifacts that Indiana Jones pursues in all the films. Across from me is world-renowned archaeologist and professor of ancient history, Dr. Shannon Deaton.
1: (laughs) Doctor, how are you today? I'm doing very well. I escaped from three boulders. On the way here, just full-out sprinting through a temple. Snakes, spiders, rats. Spikes. Darts. Yep. All that kind of stuff. And, and right as I went to lift the relic from the the, <laughs> the base that it was on, of course, it activated a trigger. And sure. The, sure it did. Just completely, the floor opens up, and I find myself here. <laughs> Doing
0: a podcast. Just like Indiana Jones would do,
1: right? That's right, yeah.
0: Well, Indiana Jones is the main character of the franchise and is played by, of course, Harrison Ford. And Dr. Jones is a professor of archaeology and goes on these extraordinary adventures to locate rare artifacts. Uh, thus far, there have been four movies, and thankfully, Shannon, a fifth one is scheduled to be released in 2022. Did you know that? I hadn't heard about that one. What, yeah. What's that about? I do not know what they're looking for. <laughs> I, I don't know. that. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see. Huh. What the what the famous relic is this time I don't know Raiders of the Found Ark
1: Raiders of <laughs> yeah, yeah Fountain of Youth maybe I'm not sure The Temple of uh, what, what's the opposite of doom hope no uh, Glory Maybe I don't know I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah so in other words We'd be terrible At naming yeah, this movie yeah.
0: I'm glad we're not actually Like in charge of Like you know, Writing it Creating it Making it any, any,
1: Anything to do but with let's it Let's just talk about The artifacts I say and that,
0: that's, that's, good, <laughs> that, that's what we'd be good at I think that's a good We have notes already Ready for that Apparently so I think yeah. that's pretty good now, while these movies are, are really, really good, of course, most people think they're good. I love them growing up. They're obviously works of fi- uh, fiction, but each movie is based on, to some degree, true history. And this is going to be the focus of this particular episode. So, the first Indiana Jones film was Raiders of the Lost Ark. The film debuted in 1981, but was set in 1936. Uh, in the film, Professor Jones is hired by government agents to find the Ark before the Nazis find it. That's pretty much all you got to say before you're kind of hooked on that one, right?
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that kind of sells
0: it a little bit. <laughs> and, and when I say ark, I mean the ark of the covenant, uh, the ark that is mentioned in the uh, Old Testament of the Bible. According to the Bible, the ark was a gold-covered wooden chest with a lid that featured two cherubims f- uh, facing each other. The ark contained the Ten Commandments given to Moses by God, but the ark also contained the uh, Aaron's rod and a pot of manna. The book of Exodus describes the exact size of the ark in cubits. A cubit is roughly the size of your fingertip to kind of like the bend of your elbow. So oh, okay. that, that's what a, well, that's what a cubit is. Approximately fifteen to eighteen inches. Just kind of depends on how long your your arm is. The there. Bible says cubit a lot, so that, that helps lot. me. That yeah. helps me be a better reader. Yeah. So it's about the a, Old Testament, it's especially. A, it's about fifteen to eighteen inches, okay. r- roughly fingertip to the to the bend of your elbow. Gotcha. So according to this measurement, the arc is two and a half cubits in length, one and a half cubits in breadth, and one and a half cubits in height. Right. So it's decent size, wooden gold-plated box, right? right. According to biblical scripture, the ark was a source of great power. Uh, during the 40-year journey of the Israelites in the wilderness, uh, the Israelites believed that God empowered the ark and enabled them to accomplish extraordinary feats. And some of these include, uh, according to the Bible, when the uh, the priests actually touched water of the Jordan River, yeah. that the water dried up. Right. Uh, and it was, and they were, in, you know, uh, they were able to to pass through the uh, the dried river bank there. Also, there's the story that they specifically mention carrying the ark around the walls of Jericho. Oh yeah, and the walls fell down, I think, on the seventh day. And of course, they were, they were carrying the, the ark, you know, with them on that. Uh, and then another interesting story uh, that that's mentioned in the Bible is that at one particular uh, time the uh, Philistines actually captured the ark and took it back to Ashgod. Yeah. Which was which was their capital, and so they put it in this room, right? And they put it in this room along beside of a statue of uh, the god that they worshipped, named Dagon. Probably not a great idea for them. Probably not a great idea. It didn't it didn't turn out well. So. They go back in there, and the Bible says that they go back into the room the next day, the next morning, and the the statue of Dagon uh, has just fallen over face down. It's just kind of just, you know, Hmm. on the ground. So they pick it back up. They think, hmm, that's weird. So they pick it back up. They go back the next morning. This time it's face down and... Just in shambles, broken to just broken, just broken to you know several pieces. Mm. So uh, instead of giving the ark back, they continue to you know be stubborn and kind of hold on to it. And then over the next seven months, their people are plagued with boils and all kinds of like physical ailments that just sort of spread throughout the Philistine nation. And then eventually, after seven
1: months, they literally take it back and and beg the Israelites to take the ark back. I can't believe it took seven months. Like if you're breaking out in boils and there's a plague on. All these families. Are you sitting there thinking, man? I want to keep this thing. <laughs> I think the second morning I walk in and see
0: and see the statue of, of you know whoever I'm worshiping down, I'd be like, uh, no, we're out. We're no, 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 yeah. thanks.
1: I don't like the word boils. <laughs> no, let alone yeah. actual boils. <laughs> no,
0: absolutely not. Don't want that. No, not at all. Of course, there 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 are other stories about the the ark that the Bible mentions. In um, approximately 950. Uh, B.C. The Ark was placed in Solomon's Temple. Of course, the famous, you know, uh, King Solomon, in a special room called the Holy of Holies. So the big question is. Where is the Ark today? All right, so that that's undoubtedly one of the most famous artifacts that's mentioned repeatedly in different books in sure. the Bible. There's actually other historical documents other than the Bible that also document the Ark's existence. Yeah. Uh, so, so, do we know where it is? So uh, Indiana does. No, it, well, Indiana's all yeah. He's, it's already like now it's in a wooden crate in a government facility now. <laughs> yeah, according to the movie. <laughs> according to the movie, And everybody's in boils. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there there are really there there are several theories, but there are three sort of major ones. Uh, that kind of uh, bubbled to the top. Uh, one theory is that the Ark was destroyed in 587 BC, when the Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem, so that that's a historical fact. You know, dozens of historical documents, both uh, Christian, Jewish, uh, different religions, they basically all verify the fact that uh, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, that they he uh, he invaded he in his, his army uh, with the Babylonians. They literally just took a stronghold over Jerusalem. They took over and they they ransacked, and that's just kind of how it was. Yeah. And so one theory is that simply the ark was destroyed during during this invasion. Another theory is that the Israelites knew the Babylonians were coming and that they would have moved the Ark uh, for safekeeping somewhere. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah so that, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Another theory is that the Ark is currently in the tomb of Moses. Where Moses was buried, mm. uh, in the book of 2 Maccabees. Now, 2 Maccabees is not in the traditional Bible, right. in the Hebrew
1: Bible. So one of the Dead Sea uh, Scrolls or, or something else. Yeah, it's actually part canonical. of the
0: uh, the uh, Greek Septuagint. Okay. So it's one of the books that most folks don't read. All right, sure. it wasn't you know at the time that the the the, the Bible proper was created and, and voted upon, it, it didn't make the cut, so to speak. Right. Uh, but that documentation is still there. Sure. And so in the in the Second Book of Maccabees. Uh, According to that, Jeremiah placed the Ark in the tomb and sealed it up in Mount Nebo, which is where oh. Moses uh, is, is buried, which is in modern-day Jordan. If this did happen, it would have happened about 620 BC, which would have been you know, roughly 30 years before the Babylonians came. Man,
1: that's fascinating. Yeah, and so uh, I actually have – So 30 years before those those folks showed up and they ransacked everything. So it would have been protected in the tomb of Moses. At that's time. right.
0: And so this is how that particular scripture uh, is worded here. It says – so this is the second, second book of Maccabees, verse 4. It says, It was also in the same document that the prophet, having received an oracle, ordered that the tent and the ark should follow with him, and that he went out to the mountain where Moses had gone up – and had seen the inheritance of God Jeremiah came and found a cave dwelling and he brought there the tent and the ark and the altar of incense then he sealed up the entrance some of those who followed him came up intending to mark the way but could not find it when Jeremiah learned of it he rebuked them and declared the place shall remain unknown until God gathers his people together again and shows his mercy wow
1: so that's that's kind of interesting and it's that, kind of neat that it it could still be out there somewhere yeah and, in existence today
0: absolutely and that there are other theories too there's actually a, a theory of there's a lost tribe of israel that's mm. actually in africa that they have possession of it and that that's a whole other story but you can you can look that up that there's a church that claims that they've had it all along oh really
1: yeah so so whether that's true or not that sounds like the basis of a really good book it's it's somebody's got to write that oh yeah. yeah yeah will it be dan brown though <laughs> it needs to be you know, maybe i love dan brown
0: so uh shannon what uh what film do you have next and what big time artifact are we on the hunt for
1: well this one this one's similar yeah it, it goes into the same vein i think it's the ark of the covenant but uh we are talking about the holy grail and and jason the holy grail appeared in indiana jones and the last crusade that's a big one it's a big one Pe- people like this movie it was released. Really in 1989 and in the movie indiana's father goes missing while pursuing the holy grail and indiana finds himself up against adolf hitler's nazis again <laughs> to stop them from obtaining its powers so again you know it's a it's an indiana jones movie it's an yeah. adventure movie i love it we're after something there's people after us sean connery's sean, in it <laughs> sean yeah. Connery. it's my second favorite of of the uh, of the franchise uh, that's usually how, how people uh, yeah. fall i think on this one but the holy grail is traditionally thought to be the cup that jesus christ drank from at the last supper and that joseph of arimathea used to collect uh, jesus's blood at his crucifixion the word grail probably comes from the latin word "gradali," which refers to a deep platter that foods were served on at medieval banquets and jason throughout the years the grill has been described as a dish a platter a goblet and a chalice and right. I think when I think Holy Grail I think more of like a like a goblet sort of like a cup yeah, kind or of a, a chalice kind
0: of a, kind of a big time cup right yeah <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. in my mind's eye it's uh, and it's never described this way but it's like this big golden jewel encrusted right. thing yeah. you know looks very important but in literature the Holy Grail is often portrayed as having miraculous healing powers and first appeared in written text in a French romance titled Conte del Grail which means story of the Grail And this happened around 1180 which was uh, quite a long time ago, by, by my count. Quite a bit. 1180, man. Uh, Robert de Boron further discussed the Grail in a poem written around 1190, which was about 10 years right. later, titled Joseph of Arimathea, uh, which cites the Holy Grail's origins at the Last Supper and Christ's death. The Grail also has a place in medieval literature, and stories about it were read and recited throughout Europe. Primarily, it's been in some of the Arthurian legends. Are you familiar with yeah. many of these? Yeah. Knights of the Round Table oh, yeah. sort right. of stuff. Uh, Some Arthurian tales claim that Joseph of Arimathea brought the Grail to Glastonbury in England. And something interesting about Glastonbury is there's a certain place you can go. And when you run water across the ground in that certain location where the Grail, some have rumored, actually resides to this day, um, the, the water will turn red and and this is a documented (laughs) fact that this that this happens and scientists have explored this and uh some believe that the the water that's running across there is turning red because it is traveling through christ's blood because the holy grail has been deposited in the ground somewhere and hidden out uh some scientists have noted that this might be the effect of red iron oxide in the soil uh, which recolors water passing over glastonbury so that's one theory maybe it was brought to this location and buried uh some believe the knights templar which uh, i've oh, heard yeah. a little bit about if you, oh if yeah read I've, much about I've, knights I've, templar? I've read quite a bit about that yeah they were a medieval order that protected pilgrims traveling to the holy land uh some think that they seized the holy grail from the temple mount during the crusades and hid it in secret and that's pretty popular when it comes to yeah. these ancient relics people grab onto them they take them somewhere they hide them and they're out there somewhere just just buried treasure right waiting for us or indiana jones to happen upon them hopefully not nazis though <laughs> no, always the good guys. <laughs> always the good guys. Due to the widespread tales about the Holy Grail, countless travelers, scientists, historians, and archaeologists have attempted lofty quests to recover the Holy Grail. And there's been a discovery regarding the Holy Grail as recently as March 2014. I didn't know this, and this is really interesting to me. In March 2014, two Spanish historians claimed they discovered the Holy Grail at a church in Lyon in northern Spain. And you, can, you you have some connections in Spain, right? I remember that, I right? do. Yes. <laughs> Miss Miss Laura. You, you need to ask, uh, and, and Laura was your exchange student uh-huh. that yep. you had, and she's back in Spain now. Yep, back in Madrid. So, when this episode's over, man, you need to call her up and ask her if she's heard any of the stories about the Holy Grail. She actually, t- actually
0: texted me this morning.
1: Did she really? Yeah, four or five times. Was yeah. it a picture of the Grail?
0: It was not. It was it was, it was a picture of her brother. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs>
1: uh, the, but some say that the chalice that has been in Spain since about the 11th century, so... I found that interesting now scientific dating confirmed that the cup which is actually in the possession of the historians was made between 200 BC and 180 so That's it's right there Time frames are right yeah right smack dab in the middle of the, the uh, crucifixion of Christ and the historians also presented data that included three years of research on the whereabouts of the grail so they have all of these pinpoints I almost imagine you ever watch these detective shows where they have pictures of locations and people and they've got them all up on a board and they put pegs yeah. in on my little a line. pins and yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I imagine here but these historians who discovered this supposed Grail in Spain they have all this hard documentation of, of where it was supposed to have moved during this time based on literature first-hand accounts and thus far, Scientists and folks who have studied this and and come along behind it haven't been able to refute whether or not really? this is accurate. Yeah, because it is a Grail. It is where the research says it should be, and uh, it does fall, you know, based on scientific dating between 200 BC and 180. So whether or not it's the Grail, it is a Grail from from that time, and a lot of the the research points toward this is where you might find it. Wow, that's really interesting. Kinda, yeah, yeah. kind of crazy. Uh, so the Holy Grail has appeared in various pop culture. References, most notably Monty Python and the Holy Grail. You ever seen this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have. 1975. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part of that movie is there's a knight and he's fighting and they like chop off his limbs. It sounds terrible, but uh, they'll chop off an arm and he'll keep fighting. They'll chop off the other arm and he'll start hopping up and down and trying to kick. Finally, I think they chop off maybe both legs and both arms he's just laying there and he says something like oh it's just a flesh wound (laughs) he's still ready to roll Uh, another movie that referenced the holy grail was excalibur in 1981 which is along the arthurian legends indiana jones and the last crusade which was referenced uh, which came out in 1989 the Fisher King, which came out in 1991. Oh, yeah. Some folks believe the Fisher King was the last person to possess the Holy Grail. Right. And then finally, The Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown, which was a book released in 2003, also references the Holy Grail, maybe one of the most modern representations yeah. of the Holy Grail. And the most popular. And the most popular. So, yeah, that it's interesting that, that it could be out there and that possibly it's already been discovered so jason you want to take a quick break here and then come back and talk about the rest of the artifacts yeah this is good we have uh, two down two to go hey everyone we're happy to announce that the podcast now has a merchandise store shannon everyone loves hoodies and everyone loves coffee Yeah, and you can pick up a nice Slapdash hoodie or a Slapdash mug and drink your next cup of Joe right out of a Slapdash cup. (laughs) We also have t-shirts and stickers. Yeah, we do. So come on by and log on to www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store. That's www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store.
0: Today we are talking about the true history of the artifacts in the Indiana Jones franchise. So the second film was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and while it was the second movie, it was actually a prequel. Uh, Temple of Doom debuted in 1984, but was actually set in 1935, a year earlier than the Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Huh? So have you seen Temple of Doom?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. One of the I, I really like that movie. I liked them all. Yeah, Honestly.
0: I like I liked them all. That one had a little bit of a different feel. That was. one was a little bit more intense, and and I remember the you know the part where he, I think it's a Molar is kind of the, the <laughs> name of the 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 evil bad oh, guy, yeah. right? And yeah. he sort of has this ability to reach in and like just literally tear
1: someone's heart out. And it looks like your chest just sort of turns to jello almost. It's Scary a little bit. I think they yeah. backed off of that after that movie because it took some criticism. Like man, okay. Indiana Jones yeah, was fun. That's a little much. That's that's a little scary. And and I think it may have been I know it's one of the Indiana
0: Jones movies. I think it was that one, and we talked about maybe a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh that was that along with Gremlins, uh, actually forced the rating of PG thirteen to be created.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah we talked about that.
0: Yeah, that this was this this definitely wasn't like R, but it also was just something more than just PG Not just kinda. P
1: G but yeah. yeah needed so, a little bit older audience.
0: Yeah. And so I I think it was actually Temple of Doom. Um uh, or it's at least one of the Indiana Jones movies, along with Gremlins, oddly enough, that kind of you know created the uh, PG-13 rating. But basically, uh, in this movie, uh, Dr. Jones winds up in India and attempts to help a small village uh, that has had their children kidnapped and their sacred Sinkara stone stolen. So do you, do you remember that? Right? They, do. they had this very special smooth rock yeah. uh, that has like some lines, some uh, horizontal lines it's important kind of painted to it. on it. It's yeah. important to them. They, they need that. And you know that they believe that you know it was it was through that rock where you know they received rain and their crops grew and, and that type of thing. And of course, in the movie, you know this this uh, evil you know kind of organization they 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 steal their children to actually have them work like in caves and mining and things and and they steal this rock and and of course sure enough the the, the river starts to dry up and they're kind of starving to death right mm-hmm. so indiana jones comes in to save to save the day and of course that's that's a pretty cool ending of the movie when he comes like walking over the hill and all of a sudden hundreds of children come right behind him oh they he, love it. you know what i mean yeah, yeah and he's carrying the stone and he gives it back to them but yeah that's awesome the uh, Sankara stone or the Sankara stones basically are connected to uh, the Hindu religion. And they're basically like a representation of uh, their most significant deity, uh, Shiva. Okay. Right? Yeah. And so they're also called the the Lingam stones, or you may also hear them referred to as the Shiva Lingam stones. And if if you go into a Hindu temple, that's a very very common artifact in virtually all Hindu temples, uh, it's my understanding, is this uh, lingam stone or these sankara of the uh sankara stones and it basically uh it's like a two-part thing. There's like a platter, and it almost kind of looks like a, a, like a strange water fountain, kind of. Mm. And, and then, sure enough, they have this stone kind of sitting in, in the middle of them. And that's, that's a very popular and, and, a, and, a, and a time-honored artifact in the uh, Hindu religion. But according to some mythology, that there were five of these sacred stones. And that if all five of them had, came together into Thanos' gauntlet, that were <laughs> yeah, I think I've heard that before, right? Just I know, a I know where bit, this is going. <laughs> and you were to snap your no, thumb <laughs> a Uh but uh, but yeah, like that they would sort of like uh, activate uh, each other, and like fire would shoot out from them. And so that was like too much power. Yeah, so you have to separate those bad boys, right? <laughs> you gotta you gotta put them out all over the place. That was that was the premise for for the the Temple of Doom movie was that uh, Mola Ram bad guy he was collecting these and this this tiny innocent village actually had one of these powerful stones again when you put them all together something sort of major happens and so these stones literally have a connection to the hindu religion and so when you when you say sankara stones that's a pretty common terminology to people of that particular religion okay man that's yeah. fascinating and Very also cool. and also temple of doom uh that was one of the, f- the first books because that would have been let me see i would have been about seven years old i guess uh i, I when that movie came out and I remember my mother uh w- would buy these books mm-hmm. and uh, they would be like you know 10 15 page kind of real colorful books and that was one of the primary uh, ways I guess I began to learn to read oh, and really? actually I was a little bit older I mean I was past kindergarten I could read a little but th- those were the books like I was like big time I'm reading a book I'm a man it you know like, what I mean it was like Indiana Jones book it was oh it, it was it was full colored pictures from the movie Wow, and it had a little bit of text, and of course, you know, you kind of go through it, and it was probably on about a seven, eight, nine-year-old level. Okay, and that I was probably about seven at the time, so I always have a soft spot, literary, I guess, you know, and uh, means for Indiana Jones for Indiana in my heart because my that's how my mother introduced me to, uh, to reading. <laughs> uh,
1: I don't know if uh scholastic book fairs were going around around that time but man that that sounds like something you'd have picked up at the book fair
0: you know that that was also it also correlated with my love for pizza because i would like you know i would do like the uh, the pizza hut book it thing you know and i would go and i would say here i've read indiana jones and temple doom 27 times you know i'm psychologically damaged but i'm also very hungry and and
1: i'm entitled to a personal cheese pizza oh man did that contribute to your love for reaching into people's chests at all (laughs) i haven't done that yet (laughs) but if i but if i were hungry enough (laughs) i didn't know that word when i was little i couldn't read that part what was he doing (laughs) so next up we have uh indiana jones looking for crystal skulls have you ever heard of the crystal skulls i have and i've actually heard of that even outside
0: of the movie obviously it's the same same topic but I've, i've heard a little bit about that prior to
1: uh, that topic coming into that movie yeah before i saw the movie I actually oddly enough listened to a podcast and this was years and years ago maybe before podcasts were even like a big deal uh in a previous episode maybe the art of practice we talked about how i used to work at the data entry oh yeah place. yeah and i just sit around all day and listen to podcasts and music and whatever because i'd spend eight to ten hours a day on a keyboard right you know so we have to listen to something Have to yeah. listen to something just to stay sane so so i listened to hours and hours of a Podcast, which I guess at the time it was more of a radio show called Coast to Coast AM. Have oh. You ever heard of this? Yeah. Who's, who is the... Uh, is it George Norrie or an art... Art... art uh, there, Bill. Bill. Yes, Art, Art Bell. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, my cousin like loves that. Yeah, yeah. and they just talk about things like this. They they talk about uh, crystal skulls. They had an episode on cryptids, right. uh, UFOs. It's kind of one of those uh, extraterrestrial, what happened right. sort K- of things. kind of ex-file-ish really feel what it is, to it. Right? Yeah, yeah. But they'll bring in experts and people, you know, actual scientists, who have archaeologists who have looked into this stuff, and they just interview and talk and have a good conversation. Right. People and,
0: who've been sucked up by UFOs. (laughs) And and while they're floating in the air They
1: actually saw Bigfoot That's right Right over there in the corner Yeah those those are the best people to talk to (laughs) Yeah but Two j- birds for one yeah, stone, that one. Yeah. But Jason, uh, the Crystal Skull appeared in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and it released in 2008. Was well, this the most recent Indiana Jones movie? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So in this movie, Indiana Jones meets a character named Mutt, who is played by Shia LaBeouf, a young man who wants Indy to help him find the legendary Crystal Skull of Akator. Sounds like a plot of He-Man. <laughs> He-Man. He-Man. Uh, <laughs> Cringer. <laughs> Cringer. <laughs> Battlecat. Right. <laughs> Yeah, let's, let's just name some uh, 80s cartoons. That's that's <laughs> fun. Uh, but yeah, so the two traveled to Peru in search of this crystal skull. However, as these things tend to go, there are Russian agents who are also seeking the artifact as well because they believe it can help them conquer the world. Of course they believe well, yeah. that. that yeah. What, what else would it's artifacts right. do? Makes, makes perfect artifacts. sense. Yeah, and I think this was during the Cold War too. Right, I think it was still like in the 50s. It was, about, yeah. yeah. So and if you're curious about the Cold War, go check out our episode. That's actually one of our most popular... Popular episodes, yeah. history of the Cold War. I think it was our, I think number three, the third, episode. our third episode ever, episode ever released. Yeah, so beginning in the late 19th century, Jason, around a dozen carved skulls were discovered, and and they were made of clear or milky white quartz, uh, also known as rock crystal, and they made their way into these private and public collections around the globe. It's like they didn't exist, and then overnight, two or three people who collect these sort of things say oh I have this now this is in my collection and these museums start saying oh we have these too it's almost like someone went around and started planting these crystal skulls <laughs> right oh I glove. found one too yeah but that that's one of the things you know we'll hear about the controversy and whether these are real or not real or whatever as far as what they're supposed to be but, but what remains interesting is the way they showed up whether or not they're real or not they really didn't have a lot of prominence in pop culture or otherwise until all of a sudden uh, it, you know, in the late 19th right. century, they just sort of appeared. But since then, the origins of these crystal skulls have been the subject of ongoing mystery and controversy. According to the people who claim to have discovered the skulls, they date back thousands of years to ancient Mesoamerican civilizations such as the Aztec, Toltec, Mixtec, or Maya. Some believe the skulls have mystical healing powers and the ability to expand a person's psychic abilities in their presence. You ever saw Stranger Things? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought of. When, when I was reading that, I thought, okay, what, what what does it mean exactly to expand a person's psychic abilities? Like, I don't have much psychic ability to expand <laughs> yeah. to begin with. <laughs> Good
0: luck expanding mine.
1: <laughs> uh, others have linked the skulls to the lost city of Atlantis or claim them as proof that extraterrestrials visited civilizations such as the Aztecs. However scientists and archaeologists are skeptical of the crystal skulls and they probably should be sure because it is weird (laughs) it's kind of strange (laughs) jason not one of the skulls was recovered on a documented excavation so these weren't things that were dug up out of the ground they just appeared as if someone went around and passed them out Wow. one night and everyone woke up and said oh i have this crystal skull Although those skulls were popular in ancient artwork the crystal skulls in private collections don't appear to adhere to the depictions of skulls from the alleged time period they were supposed to have existed if you go back and look at the the actual skulls themselves they have these sort of enlarged teeth and they're very squarish and
0: big yeah. and yeah.
1: wide and the the eyes are really gaping. It doesn't really match the artwork of the time period. So if they were carved by some of these older tribes like the Aztec or the Maya, seems like they would have been more in the stylings. It didn't match. Yeah, yeah. of the other artwork, but not, not so much in terms of matching. But recently, scientists from the British Museum in London and the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History in Washington, D.C., conducted analyses of crystal skulls using electron microscopes. They wanted to see really what was in there, what made these up, and try to make a best guess as to how these things were created. After finding markings that could only have been made by modern day carving instruments, in fact they found uh, several where the only possible way to make a certain indentation was through a modern day rotary tool. Okay. So that, that kind of gives you an idea of the, the dating. Not exactly as old right. as uh, suspected. The scientists concluded that the skulls were likely fakes uh, that were produced in the 1800s in response to a surge of interest in the ancient world and its artifacts. A lot of people were starting to become interested in these archaeological digs, and they wanted to bring one home. So right. someone saw a market for that. Let's and just said, make one. You know what? Let's, uh, yeah, let's start selling these things. One of the most famous known skulls to exist is a skull that was allegedly discovered in 1924 by a lady named Anna Mitchell Hedges. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mitchell Hedges claimed that she found the skull buried under a collapsed altar inside a temple in what's now modern-day Belize. So the story already has some, ooh, what's going on right, here yeah. <laughs> elements to it. However, there, there was a letter that emerged in 1943, which was uh, about 20 years after this crystal skull supposedly was uncovered and the letter disclosed that the skull had been purchased at an auction in 1943 but in a 1970 letter anna sort of doubled down a lot of people by that time had dismissed that this was a real you know crystal skull so she wrote another letter and i guess she was hoping this one would be discovered (laughs) as well (laughs) but she was told by the few remaining maya according to the letter that the skull was used by the high priest to will death that sounds kind of kind of spooky, a to, little bit. To will to will death. death. I, I guess that means to bring about the death? skull could bring about death. Hmm. Yeah, wow, that, that, that's a strange thing to be told. Yeah, <laughs> for this reason, the artifact is sometimes referred to as the Skull of Doom, and I think that would have been an even better title. For <laughs> you already Indiana have the Giants. Temple of Doom, right? <laughs> yeah, Anna toured with the Skull from 1967 up until 1988 or 1990, and she continued to grant interviews about the Skull up until her death. Anna claimed that the skull could cause visions, cure cancer, uh, that she had once used the skull to kill a man, that's what she said, and that she saw in it a premonition of the JFK assassination. What do you make of that? Any of that? (laughs) You you think any of that's real? (laughs) That's a lot of topics right there she's covered. (laughs) Yeah. So So causes visions. she, She saw a premonition of the JFK assassination, I'm sure, after the fact you know
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh yeah okay yeah i remember that makes sense now that
1: that was 15 years ago so yeah (laughs) Yeah. so um jason the the crystal skulls have been popular in uh, pop culture of course indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull which came out in 2008 there was uh, an episode in season three of Stargate SG One, I've not seen this. Have you seen? No, I've seen SG-1? that. No. Uh, but they found a crystal skull on an alien planet, and then there was another show called American Dragon Jake Long, and and the first half of the second season revolves around finding the thirteen Aztec crystal skulls and this is kind of what you were saying about finding the five, um, the stones. The the
0: Sankara stones, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. So they find the 13 Aztec crystal skulls, and um, in this show, they hold the power to grant one irreversible wish to the person that holds the 13th skull after the other 12 are placed in the, quote, gargoyles of pantheon <laughs> wow i don't like that word irreversible no in front of a wish
0: you better be uh making sure you know what you're getting ready to wish for
1: huh? i've read too many goosebumps books right, or yeah seen too many horror movies to know that irreversible wishes are not typically what you want <laughs> no <laughs> so jason we've covered a lot of ground here we've talked about the ark of the covenant the holy grails the sun stones yep Crystal skulls, which I want to keep calling black skulls for some reason. <laughs> and you said there's another movie coming out. Yep, uh, in
0: 2022. I don't know the actual artifact that they're exploring there, so that that'll be that'll be pretty cool. I'm, I'm interested in that. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna go ahead and say that I've you know found one. I uncovered it. It was given to me by an ancient <laughs> civilization, and there's some mystical properties. And those properties, including getting 10,000 downloads on our podcast because we just did that.
0: 10,000 downloads, probably about what two. Hours ago, just a couple hours at ago, the man. time that we're recording this podcast. Yeah, yeah so that uh, we are so so excited about that, and so very appreciative to uh, everyone who has supported us, and and those who uh, subscribe and, and download the podcast, and and like our Facebook posts, and oh, yeah. just
1: all things slapdash. We're very very appreciative of that. We are, and this is very humbling. We know that you take time out of your week to let us be a part of that, to share stories and history, art, science, pop culture, and all these things. And from the bottom of our hearts we thank you you can find us on social media on facebook twitter and instagram with the handle at slapdash pod we release new episodes on mondays and thursdays in history art science and everything else and we'll catch you in the next episode i'm gonna go find a uh, buried treasure take care everybody (laughs) let's do it